Dream Team Fantasy is a Thunder Media Live production. Check out more shows at thundermedialive.com. Another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. I'm Nick Morrow, alongside my boy Tyler Syracuse. What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, congratulations to you. Had a baby girl born on Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We were supposed to go to the Del Lago, and uh, that did not happen. Sunday it was morning. funny. Nick was so excited to come with me to Del Lago. I got a... VIP DraftKings invite to go spend the day at Del Lago, free food, free drinks. Bruce Smith was there. And uh, of course his, his wife went into labor, her water broke in the morning. I was, <laughs> I was getting ready to leave to go to Nick's house and I got the text. So <laughs> 8, 8 a.m. She woke me up. I'm sure you broke. didn't watch too much football either. Honestly, man, I'm going to tell you right now, it was, so we water broke at 8 a.m. We get to the hospital, they admit her into a room they give her the epidural. She's like comfortable sitting in the bed. I call Direct TV. I order that the ticket. I brought my <laughs> laptop. We had football on the TV. I had like four games going on my laptop. Got to watch the Packers game. So doctors came in and out. Kept checking on her. Um, started delivery at like seven at night. So really got to watch all the one o'clocks, all the four o'clock. Yeah, I'll do the same exact uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. And then nine nine oh four, uh, baby Ariella Marie Morrow was born into the world and she's uh she is my little princess right now. So I actually yeah, uh, it was um I actually told my fiance, I was like, I feel so bad for Nick. I was like, you know, he was so excited to go to this event with me. He's been talking about it for I, the last I, few days, and I was, to make man. matters worse, he has a girl instead of a boy, and he wanted a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was um, I was excited to go, but honestly, the day couldn't have been any better. I, we got to watch football. It was very, it wasn't crazy like I pictured or like in movies with screaming and yelling. It was very laid back and just she came and um, everything was great. And your Packers so, won. Packers won. It was it was the best Sunday of my life. So uh, yeah, it was good. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about that Sunday. Um, some headlines from it. Um, Big Ben out for the season. We got Drew Brees out for six weeks. Um, the Lions released C.J. Anderson. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's requesting a trade after the sideline incident that he had with uh, Marone, and then. I read today that Melvin Gordon said that uh, he's going to be playing somewhere in 2019. So I'm wondering if maybe the Chargers accept a less trade offer and ship him somewhere else, or he decides to finally pull his head out of his ass and sign with the team. Um, but yeah, I, I want to talk about the breeze thing real quick. I know that Teddy came in, he looked like shit. I, I don't know. I, I think they should just give Hill the opportunity He's a better athlete. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He can throw the ball. He was tearing it up in preseason. 
I just think the team like gets that spark when he's in. Um, I mean, we had a hundred percent Camara in DFS and it was, it was bad. And, uh, with Teddy in there and he just, he just did not look good. I don't, I don't, and they're going to give it to him this weekend. Right. Sean Payton came out today and said that he wasn't sure who he was going to start. One of the reporters at, said something about Taysom Hill being the number two, and his response was not really sure if he is the number two yet. I think it's definitely going to be clear that they're going to have some packages available for Taysom Hill, even if he doesn't start. But, yeah, Teddy was uh, pretty terrible in that game, and his receivers weren't helping him out either. I know Jared Cook dropped a couple passes, but it was weird that he wasn't looking for Kamara because usually he's a, kind of a check-down quarterback, doesn't like to take uh, risks. So, yeah, that definitely hurt our DFS lineups. Uh, Melvin Gordon, yeah. I think he's just going to report by Week 10 to accrue the season, so I think he'll probably be back with the Chargers is my guess. I've been saying that all along, um, probably by Week 9 or Week 10. And then, uh, yeah, for the Steelers, it's definitely going to hurt the value of uh, James Conner and Juju and definitely the ancillary weapons. Like, I know Moncrief's got off to a pretty poor start, so he's droppable in leagues at this point. And James Washington did play um, with Mason Rudolph in college, so they do have a little bit of a connection if you want to take a shot on him. But the Steelers' offense in general is definitely going to take a big hit with Roethlisberger done. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I like Rudolph. He's, he's good. But, you know, he's not Big Ben, and uh, the Steelers are definitely going to be a different offense with him behind center. Um, other thoughts on week two. Uh, we didn't have our best DFS week. Um, like we said, we had 100% Camara, who just, once Breeze went out, didn't really do much. The Saints just didn't really do much at all that game. Honestly, um, going into did, the 4 o'clock games, I felt pretty good about a lot of my lineups because we had exposure. Yeah, so you know, we had pretty good exposures in the first uh, slate of games there. And then, honestly, uh, it came down to uh, the Patriots' defense. I mean, they scored like 37 points, and I actually had the Ravens in cash, and it was a 33-point difference, and it's just really hard to overcome something like that happen. And you also can't really predict it. I was It was a coin flip between those two defenses. I ended up choosing the wrong one, and it cost me. Uh, that's the difference between winning and losing. So it, it could be as uh, little of a decision as that that costs your whole week. Yeah, I, I felt I, I felt good going into the four o'clock games because we had Camara. Uh, you know, we were playing Derek Carr. We had a bunch of Chiefs, but yeah, that that Patriots defense putting up the goose egg and scoring two defensive touchdowns and just all over Miami and not having them in the in those lineups definitely hurt us for sure. Um, on a positive note, though, we did go thirteen and three against the spread. Some of your big plays I know were the Browns on Monday night. <laughs> you actually hammered on that night two and a half. So right when uh, Shafty tweeted out that Sam Darnold had mono. I yeah, so that's a good point. Uh, I, I actually wanted to bring that up, too, because I do have Schefter's tweet notifications on. A lot of times he's going to break the biggest news, the injuries and, and whatnot. So he reports that Sam Darnold was ruled out. My inst I instantly thought, holy shit, I got to log on my, my sports betting accounts see what the line is and bet the Browns. So it was still up there. It was at two and a half. So pretty much, <clears throat> pretty much I got Cleveland everywhere I could minus two and a half. I did the money line and I put them in teasers. So I ended up winning like five grand by doing that just because I had access to a whole bunch of different sports books. Um, 
So yeah, you're like, I maxed out the Browns on all my cards. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I would have made more too, but unfortunately I had one of the teasers, one of the popular teaser teams that I did was actually the over in the Saints and Rams game. So the over under was like 52 and I did the seven point teaser down to 45. So basically got screwed by Drew Brees getting hurt and then the refs kind of um, messing up when they blew the whistle on that one. Uh, uh, yep. I think it was a fumble by uh, Jared Goff and they said yep. they blew yep. the whistle so they didn't get the touchdown. And I mean, if that happens, at least there was a chance for the game to go over, but it was kind of like a, a, lull, in, a, a lull there and then they were just settling for field goals throughout the entire first half so that one couldn't get there. I think they ended up like 27 to 9, so they only combined for 36. Yeah, it was, um, the refs just got to let that play out and then deal with it, you know, the instant replay afterwards. Um, you can't just blow the whistle dead there. And the line, the, Browns, uh, the line in the Browns, the line in the Browns reopened uh, at minus seven. So basically anytime you could get four and a half, five points of value, I pretty much want to get down as much action as I possibly could. Yeah, and we kind of had a feeling that they were going to, come back and have a good night. OBJ is just like money on Monday nights. I mean, his stats on Monday nights, if you ever look them up, are just insane. But yeah, 13, um, and, 13 and three against the spread was good too. So I'm in a, I'm in a pick em league with like 130 something people. So he pays out the winners for each week. So I was able to win that week and I'm, I'm in the lead going into week three. So hopefully I can hang on in the, in there too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good week. So, um, good week we'll sports betting, bad week DFS. <laughs> It was a bad week, DFS. Um, we're going to bounce back this week, though. Uh, some waiver wire pickups. Um, Hardman for Kansas City had six targets, four grabs, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had 11 targets, eight grabs, 107, and a touchdown. And the defense I actually picked up was Packers D this week uh, at home against Denver. I think they should do they should do well. I dropped Phillies D. I just I wasn't holding on to them anymore. I, I think maybe we overhyped them. They're a little bit overrated. But uh, when I when I just said Nelson Aguilar's name, I I remember you picked him up in our league, which reminds me that you also <laughs> beat me by one point like two this week. Yes, sir. How's that for a week played. two recap? I squeaked by in two of my matchups by one point this week. I'm loving it. I'm like 16 oh. and two in my season long uh, leagues right now. I didn't really get to check. I mean, I was back and forth with fantasy all day Sunday, obviously with the baby coming and then Monday and Tuesday were crazy at the hospital, not getting much sleep. And then we got home uh, Tuesday night. And so I just checked my fantasy and everything and i saw i lost them by like 1.2 points i'm like are you <laughs> kidding me i wish we bet 50 bucks on it too i would have loved it it was a low scoring game i know i'll take the w i know i know we'll have to come back to that but yeah i know you picked up aguilar tell me why uh tell me why he was one of your waiver targets so i think aguilar was a good pickup just because the injuries to deshaun jackson and alshon jeffrey they could be out multiple weeks they're both dealing with i think Deshaun's uh, abdomen one of the doctors said he recommended surgery Deshaun doesn't want to have the surgery so it's, it's gonna be a couple weeks and then uh, Alshon Jeffrey was still limping with a with a calf injury and he's dealt with a lot of injuries before and it's a long season and the in the Eagles coaching staff has said that so I don't think they're gonna rush the guys back too quickly and then Aguilar will have a really good matchup this week he's actually uh, on the DFS radar against the Lions who've been getting killed on the slot so 
I thought he was a good pickup, like you mentioned. Um, Nicole Hardman, good pickup. Demarcus Robinson, too, for the Chiefs, just went off. I mean, he had like 178 yards and two touchdowns. Doesn't matter who Mahomes is throwing to. He's he's just going to – I mean, the guy had four second-quarter touchdown passes. So It was insane. That, that quarter was absolutely insane. All of his touchdowns this season have come in the first half just because teams can't keep up with them. So as soon as a team can keep up with them, I mean, he can – Definitely have six, seven, eight touchdowns in a game. I don't think that's uh, too crazy of a, a statement to make. Uh, another one would be Devin Smith for the Cowboys. He's around minimum price on DraftKings and FanDuel this week. And Michael Gallup had a small knee procedure, but he's going to miss about two to four weeks. And Devin Smith was actually the guy who filled in for him. He he was a high draft pick a few years ago. He's dealt with injuries, but he's definitely a talented guy. And, and Prescott's playing really good. And he's got a good matchup this week against the Dolphins. So if he could get five, six targets, I like his chances for, for getting a, a couple long catches and, and maybe finding the end zone like he did in week two. And then if, you know, if someone has Breeze as their starting quarterback and maybe, you know, it's either a two-quarterback league or a 14-team league and it's deep um, and their backup really isn't anyone special, you think picking up Mason Rudolph or Teddy or Jason Hill is uh, a viable option going forward? I don't really love them. Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill is good for fantasy, but we we still don't know if he's going to be the guy or not yet, so you don't really have to try to pick him up yet. Um I don't love Rudolph. He he's got decent weapons there. We'll see what we'll see what he can do. But I think the quarterback position's still pretty deep. So you could go out there and get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton. I'd I'd rather have those guys instead of the the guys you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into uh, DFS. We've been talking um, DraftKings. We're actually going to do FanDuel tonight and go through the slate, uh, kind of like the pricing on FanDuel. So we'll start at the quarterback position. Obviously, at the top, you got Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Prescott, Watson, Rodgers. Um, who were uh, who were some of, uh, targets this week at quarterback? So you definitely got to get exposure to Mahomes every week if you're playing multiple lineups. No one has as high of a ceiling as he does. I think I'm going to fade Lamar Jackson this week. He's only seven hundred dollars cheaper than Mahomes, and he's been really good so far but the Ravens have played with a positive game script throughout the entire year and they've had really easy opponents going to Kansas City is going to be a different uh, story in my opinion it's it's a really tough place to play that the fans get really into the game they got a pretty good pass rush so I think I could see him struggling a bit in this one and, and I think if Mahomes is only $700 cheaper I would rather just go to him uh, in the mid-range yeah. like Josh Allen um, and then really cheap minimum price, Kyle Allen for the Panthers. They're going up against the Cardinals. And if Cam Newton doesn't play, I, th I think I'm definitely going to get some exposure to Kyle Allen just because of the volume that he should get because teams are running so many plays against the Cardinals because they go up tempo and they have a really poor defense. So it's just like a good, it's a good uh, situation to capitalize on there. Yeah. So two things. Arizona and Carolina are the two fastest paced teams in the NFL right now. So I think that there'll be a ton of options on both sides of this one. Um, it has a low total. So I feel like players might be low owned and which will help huge in tournaments for you. So I really like Kyler Murray 
at quarterback. He had a great game last week uh, against a really tough Baltimore defense. And I think going against the Carolina defense at home, he's got two games under his belt now. I think he'll have a really good game. And like I said, it's going to be a fast-paced, up-tempo, both sides of the ball. He's going to have a ton of of opportunities to, you know, for rushing yards and for passing touchdowns. And as far as Lamar Jackson, I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He's been spectacular the past two weeks. Um, But this is going to be a test for him. Uh, Like you said, Kansas City is a tough place to play. And I think, you know, the first two games, Dolphins and Arizona, I mean, it's not really a competition there, especially with Miami. I mean, they're just a joke at the moment. Um, so this is definitely going to be a tough environment and a definitely a tougher defense for him to go up against him. I'm probably going to fade him as well. And I think and, Jackson's uh, going to be pretty high owned. And I, I do like the call on so Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's only 7,300. So he's got a, a pretty fair price tag there. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think it's going to be up tempo. So um, he's going to get a lot of looks uh, going down. Let's see. Uh, Josh Allen, you talked about, I might, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts, but going back to the Winston well here, um, at home against the Giants defense, you know, they're putting out Jones now at quarterback. So maybe the Giants, you know, put up some points and keep it close and interesting. But I feel like Winston, you know, he had a good Thursday night game last week. And, uh, you know, with that extra day's rest, um, two games under his belt now with the new system, new coach, I think this home game against the Giants could be a big play for him. And he's also down here, same price tag, really, as Kyler Murray at 7300 Yeah, you couldn't really ask for a better spot for Winston. I know he was a guy we were really high on in the offseason. We were kind of praising the whole Bucks offense with the Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, who's been terrible in, in the Bruce Arian system. He's definitely disappointed so far this season. Really, the only guy that's paying off is Chris Godwin so far. Um, for Jameis, I, I mean, I just don't think he's getting enough volume. I think they're just running a completely different offense than I, that, uh, than I think either of us predicted. They're not really being too aggressive. I think they want him to be more of a game manager and for fantasy, it's really hurt him. And I I think it's hurting the bucks in general because that's not the type of quarterback Winston is. I think he should just go out there and sling it like he used to. Um, so for me, I think which, I'd rather... Which we, which we, yeah, which we expected, though, you know, with Arians and everything. I, we expected him to sling it. So maybe maybe it's just going to take a game or two, and then, you know, Arians are going to take the training wheels off and let the kid go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been pretty frustrating to watch because we were definitely pretty high on, on the Bucks' offense, and they've been kind of a... I mean, Peyton Barber was their featured guy last game. A guy got, like, 20 <laughs> touches, and it's just miserable to watch him get you know, run into the offensive lineman and fall down for two or three yards. It's just, it's not a good offense right now. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a great spot and he's got a good price tag. So I might sprinkle in him in some tournaments, but I think I'm definitely higher than, um, higher on Josh Allen and, uh, Kyler Murray than, than Jameis this week. Then also down here, Kirk Cousins at home against Oakland. Um, I like that matchup as well. My only concern is that this game gets out of hand. And Minnesota is up by a million, and they're just running the ball, and the starters come out. So um, I feel like I know we're going to get to running back, so I feel like Delvin Cook is going to be a better play in this game. But Kirk Cousins is also cheap down here. Um, Going down a little farther, I like the Steelers this week against San Fran. 
so I wouldn't be opposed to using Mason Rudolph at 6,600. I just feel like San Fran's a little overrated. Whoa, Their whoa, whoa, is... whoa. San Fran's not overrated. <laughs> We're 2 and 0, buddy. About to be 3 and 0. I, I think they're overrated. Over eight, like lock it in. I told everyone to do it. Yeah, I I mean, I could see him maybe winning eight games, but Jimmy G just doesn't look like that dominant self he used to be. I feel like he's still got that injury in the back of his head. And um, with their injuries to Coleman and the running back position, and Dante Pettis is not, you know, who we thought he was. They actually did lose their left athlete. tackle. Their left tackle, Joe Staley, I think broke his leg. So I think he's expected to be out for eight weeks. So that's a tough loss because he was a really good left tackle. But they should be good enough to beat the Steelers at least. Yeah, I just I got a feeling that, you know, I, I like the Steelers with the points. We'll get to that. But I like the Steelers with the points this week. And I think that Rudolph is going at 6,600. I think he could hit value for you down here um, at the bottom of the barrel for the quarterback position. Um, going out to running back. At the top here, you got Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, Delvin Cook, Kamara, and Bell. Um, who are the values and players you're going for in running back? Yeah, I think running back's pretty easy this week. I think you're definitely going to want to get exposure to those top guys. I'm going to be having Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, and CMC definitely throughout my lineups. I'll also definitely have exposure to Delvin Cook. He's looked amazing. Couldn't ask for a better matchup at home against the Raiders. In the mid-range, I like David Johnson, Sony Michelle, and then for cheaper, I like Matt Breida. So that's pretty much going to be my, my player pool at running back. I'm going to try to narrow it down this week, just play the guys who are going to get a bunch of touches and, and have pretty good opportunity to to break the slate with 100-plus yards and, and multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I like those plays. I, I mean, at the top here, I really think that Dalvin Cook is just in a prime spot because, like you said, those three guys at the top are must plays and everyone's going to hammer all three of them. That's Barkley, CMC and Elliot and Delvin cook should be fairly low owns and at 8,300. Um, I mean, I could see him getting 20 plus touches, 150 plus yards and two scores. You know, he might have that by halftime. So, um, I really like Delvin cook here at the top. Um, and it's also important to point out the context of the slate. So this week there, I know we're going to get to receiver, but there's a a lot of viable cheap wide receivers. So anytime that's the case, you should be able to pay up at running back. I know there was a couple cheap quarterbacks we mentioned, and then there's going to be cheap receivers. So anytime that's the case and you could pay up for these stud running backs, that's usually a type of roster construction that I like to play on, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, if you're able to pay down at one position, I give you the opportunity to pay up at another. Um, and then you got Kamara, Love Bell, Eckler. I mean, Eckler's just been money in the bank these first two weeks. Um, at home against a tough Houston defense, are you thinking about getting any shares of Eckler this week? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have some Eckler, but uh, I mean, I feel pretty good about how I uh, sniped him in the draft in front of you, and I took Eckler on most of my teams. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the guys go been back killing to that, huh? Um, and then right below there, the two guys I wanted to talk to you about were David Johnson and Marlon Mack. We talked about the Carolina-Arizona game is going to be an up-tempo, a lot of opportunities on both sides of the field. 7000 for David Johnson. And then right below him, same price tag. Marlon Mack, I mean, Indy's just been feeding him the ball. And Atlanta's biggest 
Um, biggest issue over the years on defense has been that they give up the most receptions to to running backs. And I feel like, you know, Brissett's just going to drop it right off to him. They're going to feed him the ball. And if, you know, if he plays, I know he's got like a calf injury, he'll probably play on Sunday. Um, but I can see him being huge uh, come Sunday against that Atlanta defense that, you know, isn't that great. And their biggest issue is receiving receiving running backs. Yeah, I like the call on Marlon Mack. He's probably going to be lower owned, too. He's kind of flying under the radar this year because the Colts really aren't getting too much attention anymore. But they have a great offensive line, and he's quietly playing over 70% of the snaps, which uh, is more than I expected coming into the year. So he's he's definitely a good call. And then on the other side, too, I don't mind Devontae Freeman. He hasn't really looked good, but they've had two really tough uh, matchups so far. And against the Colts, is a lot easier matchup. So I think he could definitely get going this week, too. Yeah, I mean, only 6200 I mean, you really, that's a great price tag. He could definitely hit that value for you at, uh, down there for a running back. So let's go on to wide receiver. At the top, you got Hopkins, Julio, Devontae, and Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's been having a great season, quietly as well, I believe. Um, and then you got Amari Cooper, AB. And this one was crazy to me. I know he's obviously having a better year, but Chris Godwin is higher with a higher price tag by five hundred dollars than Mike Evans. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I love I, it. I, I I'm gonna I, I feel like I'm gonna hammer Evans. I mean why not? I like Winston and I feel like for five hundred dollars cheaper you get technically Tampa Bay's number one wide receiver. Um I know Godwin's been awesome but Mike Evans is a beast and eventually he's gonna have his game where he gets, you know, into the end zone twice. Um, so who are your, uh, running or who are your wide receivers this week? Yeah. So I would actually anticipate that Mike Evans is the higher owned wide receiver just because people are going to see that discrepancy and they're going to be like, what the hell? Why is Mike Evans cheaper? Um, so that makes me want to roster Chris Godwin. He's one of my boys. I was really high on him in the off season. I'll, I'll probably sprinkle some exposure for both of them just because it's, it's a great spot. Like we said, and hopefully the, the bucks and Winston can get going a little bit. Uh, I do like Keenan Allen. He's just been getting a ton of volume. He actually leads the league in air yards, um, which is a stat that, that basically looks at your target and then looks at how far down the field it was. So you really want to look for wide receivers that have a lot of air yards because air yards equals opportunity and opportunity usually equals fantasy points um, just to make it pretty simple. Uh, I, I want a more exposure to Antonio Brown. I know he did all of his damage in the first half. He didn't play a full complement of snaps. I think he was only out there for like 30% of the snaps and he, he still got eight targets and, and got a touchdown was wide open on another touchdown, but I think they were on the wrong page. Um, Brady should have threw it to the back of the end zone. He thought Brown was going to come back to the ball and uh, the defender broke it up. So it could have been a second score there. And I, th I think he's still going to be pretty low owned and he's got a great matchup against the Jets. Mari Cooper, great matchup against Miami. No Michael Gallup. So he should comfortably get about seven to 10 targets. Stefan Diggs is in a good spot against the Raiders. I think he had seven targets last week and only somehow caught one of them against the, the Packers uh, improved <laughs> defense. Um, cheaper and guys. Even, and he shouldn't even have caught that pass either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I would lean Diggs over Thielen just because uh, I think Diggs is the more explosive guy. And, and 
I'll, I'll get exposure to both the Vikings receivers there. In the cheap 6000 range, I like John Brown and Will Fuller a lot. Those are two guys I had a ton of exposure to last week. They almost both had really good games, but they kind of messed up a little bit. Will Fuller dropped a 50-yard play, and then John Brown was wide open on a 60-yard play, and, and Josh Allen overthrew them. So they could have very easily had 100-plus yards and a touchdown, but just didn't break their way. So, so I want to go back to those guys. And then at the cheaper, I, I like Devin Smith, who we already talked about. And then uh, Nelson Aguilar is only $300 over the minimum price of 4500 So he's definitely going to be a really popular guy, assuming that Deshaun Jackson and Elshon Jeffrey miss. But he's kind of a free, uh, free square at that price tag. Great matchup against Detroit in the slot. And then uh, you got Arthega Whiteside uh, for the Eagles as well. And then Mac, Mac Hollins. So those were the two wide receivers that played on the outside in the absence of Deshaun and Elshon. So, so you could take a shot on those guys if you're not feeling uh, Aguilar. Yeah, I like all those, all those, uh, those guys down here. When I was looking, fifty nine hundred, you got Larry Fitz and Christian Kirk going back to the Arizona well, and then right below him, uh, Curtis Samuel, fifty eight hundred, going back to his game, probably going to game stack this game. Um, Christian Kirk had a great game last week. Um, and we expect, you know, Kyler Murray to have another great game. So at 5,900 down here, he could be a great play for Kansas city. I really like Watkins and Hardman again. Um, what is his name? Smith yeah, well, is out for the Smith is out for the Ravens. Yeah. Jimmy Smith. Out, yeah. They give up huge plays. So, I mean, even with them in, they probably in the home, you know, playing against Mahomes, you're going to give up a big play. But now that he's out, you got to think that Watkins and Hardman are going to have, you know, those 50, 60 yard bomb plays over the top, just burning the um, defenders of Baltimore. So, yeah, I really I think, like those two. This I week. think Watkins is the clear guy for Kansas City because he they reduced his price tag, which was weird because he got 13 targets, somehow only caught six of them. And I went back and uh, rewatched the game. Basically, um, he was getting a lot of long targets, and um, he got kind of unlucky because Mahomes had a couple bad passes, and for whatever reason, all of his bad passes were, were uh, Sammy Watkins' direc- direction. So that's why he struggled only catching six balls for uh, on his 13 targets. But he could definitely have a bounce back against the Ravens this week, so I like that call. And... Um, Hardman and, and Robinson really got a big price increase. So I think I'd rather just go with Sammy and um, bank on the, the target volume and, and the chance to, to bounce back this week. Yeah. And then a couple other people, um, you got Thielen at 7,000. I like Kenny Galladay here also at 7,000. Uh, Philly's defense just has not been who we thought they were. And uh, Kenny Galladay's quietly been a target machine and Stafford has definitely looked his way. So I like him there. Um, going down a little farther here, DJ Moore, Hardman, we talked about, uh, DK Metcalf has been a target for Russell Wilson that he keeps looking his way and at 6,200. I think that's a great play as well. Um, I like the Will Fuller call. I like the John Brown call. Um, yeah, I think that's going down farther. I don't really see anything else. Marvin Jones, 5,400 against Philly. 
Yeah, it's a good matchup. I think I would just go with Galladay if I'm going to take a receiver there. But he he's a good uh, GPP play in a in a big field. If if you think he'll get the targets, he could definitely beat those Eagles corners. Okay. Um, all right, tight end position. At the top here, you got Kelsey, Ertz, Andrews, Kittle, Ingram. Um, I'm going to go back and target. Uh, last week, I liked Andrews against Arizona defense and going right back to Arizona's defense and targeting Greg Olson if he plays. I know he's got a back issue. He probably will, but I like him. Uh, 6,100 here in the mid-range going against Arizona's defense. He just cannot cover tight ends. Week one, they gave Hawkinson a great start to his career. Last week, they gave Andrews a bunch of grabs for 90-something yards and a touchdown. And now you got the veteran, Greg Olson. If Cam plays, that's his guy. Um, so I think he would be a great value play here at 6,100 for the tight end position. Yeah, for me, tight end is going to be really simple. I'm not going to mess around with any of the cheaper guys. It's just going to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, with Tyreek Hill out, he's going to get a ton of targets. He had over 100 yards on a touchdown last week. I think that's pretty much his expectation each week going forward. Way higher ceiling than any other tight end besides maybe George Kittle. George Kittle's way too cheap this week. He's only 6,600. He's cheaper than Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz this week. And um, he's got a good matchup against Pittsburgh, who just gave up two touchdowns to Will Disley, tight end for the Seahawks. So I'm definitely going to have a ton of exposure to Kittle. He'll probably be my highest on tight end. And um, besides Kelsey and Kittle, I'm I'm gonna go to Zach Ertz just because he's gonna get a ton of targets with the with the Eagles guys banged up. So I'm definitely gonna pretty yeah. much stick to those three and and I'll um, maybe get some Andrews as well. But I think he's more of a DraftKings play because he's he's cheaper over there. Who's a DraftKings play? Uh, Mark Andrews. Or Andrews? Yeah, yeah, he's cheaper over there. He's, he's a little expensive on FanDuel. Yeah. Yeah, I like Ertz, I like the Earth call though. You know, Ertz's career season last year was because of the injuries to Jeffrey and um, you know, obviously DJX wasn't there last year. So I definitely like the Ertz call at home against Detroit. Um, with those guys out, Wentz will definitely look his way. Uh Kittle, I like he just hasn't he hasn't done it yet. You know, I know he's a freak athlete and you know, he's a very good NFL player, but for some this reason, is Garoppolo, <laughs> this Garoppolo is the week. Take don't George have that Kittle. chemistry yet. All right, all right. Um, it's coming. We'll it's you're, coming. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to <laughs> sell me a little more as the week goes on. But yeah, he's uh, he just hasn't done it yet. I drafted him a couple of my season long leagues, and might actually be looking to shop him this week. So we'll see. Um, Austin Hooper is actually another one I like. I know you're going to stick to your boys up top, but just for a value play, low, you know, low salary play here. Austin Hooper uh, at Indy, 5,800. Indy also is not very good at covering the tight end. Um, It's a dome game. Matt Ryan's great in domes. So I think him and Hoops should have a really good uh, game this week and I like Austin Hooper here at 5,800. Yeah. I think he's more of a, a DraftKings play as well because he sometimes has like those nine catch games, but usually he still only gets like 60, 70 yards and, and uh, he, he really doesn't find the end zone too much, but I think he's a good PPR guy. Yeah. And that's another thing too, is you got to remember that Fanduel's only half PPR and DraftKings is full PPR. So you need those um, touchdowns so those, on Fanduel. 
Yeah, you definitely need the touchdowns on FanDuel and DraftKings. You know, you can get those guys that get 10 grabs, uh, 100 plus yards and no touchdowns. They still have a pretty good, uh, pretty good game and a pretty good week. So, okay, that's the tight end position. Uh, defense this week at the top, I'm sure they'll be heavily owned as Cowboys at home against Miami. Then you got the Patriots at home against the Jets. I mean, those are just two prime matchups for defenses. Um, I do like the Bills and the Packers here, uh, 4,600 for the Bills, 4,500 for the Pack, both at home. Um, should have a really good matchup. Probably should get a couple sacks, a couple picks, maybe a return. But those two at the top, I, I, I don't know how you really fade them. Yeah, I think we should just play uh, defenses that are playing against the Dolphins and just uh, call it a day for the rest of the year. I can't argue. I really can't argue with it. As I much mean, as I want to give the list, as much as I want to give the listeners some value here at defense, um, you know, maybe Minnesota down here at forty two hundred against Oakland. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know how you really pass up on the Cowboys at home against Miami. Miami. I mean, they're just like tank tanking so hard, trading away all their best players. The guys are ducking when the ball is coming their way. The the ball. The <laughs> Right off Kalen Bellage's hands, he like has the worst hands I've ever seen, and just like basically handed it off to Jamie Collins on the Patriots second pick six. Their offensive line's terrible, so the 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 D line's just going to abuse them, which is going to lead to sacks, sack fumbles, and Fitzpatrick trying to do something heroic, which causes him to throw pick sixes. So it's just like fantasy points galore for opposing defenses. Uh, the Patriots defense has been amazing; they haven't given up a touchdown in the past three games they've played. Uh, the first two weeks and then going back to the Super Bowl last year. So so they're locked in for sure, and they're going to be going up against a six-round quarterback, Luke Falk, I think his name is. He, he uh, yeah. showed up on Monday night against the Browns, and he looked pretty poor. So the Patriots might have a chance for another shutout. But at the cheaper range, I like uh, San Fran, 3,700. And um, I like uh, the... Uh, the Chiefs as well at 3,500. I think uh, Lamar Jackson has a chance for some some turnovers this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you on the San Fran call just because I, I think I, just, I got a feeling, one of those feelings that Pittsburgh's going to actually win this game. And uh, Rudolph and if Connor plays, um, I feel like Juju might have probably going to save them in DFS. But um, as far as picks for this week, I do like the Steelers with the points. Um, so we can actually go right into our picks for this week. I know you were doing a two-team teaser. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, so I've made a couple bets so far this week. I didn't see a ton of value on the board, but there was one teaser that stood out to me. It was teasing the Green Bay Packers at home and then the Minnesota Vikings at home. So I don't know what the current spread is, but I just bet it a couple days ago. So hopefully it's around the same. Uh, They were both favored by eight points. So I just did the six point teaser and got them both down to two. So it kind of goes over. um, Even if they win by three, I I, I got the two. So I I liked that a lot. Um, Feel pretty good about both of those teams winning and covering the two points. Um, Even if they play pretty poorly. I think their defenses should be good enough to stop the Raiders and stop the the Joe Flacco Broncos. So, and it was around yeah, Green even Bay. Odds, Green so. Bay is at minus eight, and the Vikings are at minus eight and a half. 
Okay, so you could still do the six, or you could even do six and a half, seven, if if you wanted to lower it down a little bit more. I just like getting below that three point number, so so I like that one a lot. Yep, I agree with those two. Um, I'm also going to add the Steelers with the points plus six and a half. If you add them to the teaser, you could get them up to twelve and a half. Like I said, I just think the 49ers are overrated. And I think everyone's going to be sleeping on Pittsburgh because no big Ben, and they're not going to be a powerhouse. They're not going to run through the Niners, but if you get a teaser and can get them up past, you know, 10 and a half points, I think that I think they keep this game close and maybe even pull out a win here. So that 10 and a half looks good to me. And then also Arizona, I I feel like they're going to get their first win this week. Um, If you can tease them, you can get them at plus range points. Panthers are hurting cancer and he doesn't look good. Um, uh, so like at home, I feel like Tyler Murray's going to have a really good game, third game in here in the system. Last week, they looked good against that tough Baltimore D. So I think uh, him at home, uh, I think Arizona gets their first win. Yeah, I haven't really thought too much about that one, but um, I might look into that one. The other bet I made was a parlay. So I'm actually parlaying five teams this week, which is usually pretty risky, but I feel pretty good about these five teams, and you could actually get plus odds on it. So... I took the Cowboys um, home against Miami. should be a lock-it-up win. Patriots home against the Jets. Vikings home against the Raiders. Packers home against the Broncos. And Eagles home against the Lions. So parlaying those five teams, like I said, gets you plus odds. So I know five teams has to win. Um, I feel like Cowboys and Patriots are like 99.999% chance to win. And then I feel... (laughs) pretty good about the other three as well so when you do your parlays like that a five-team parlay how much you know how many units do you usually put on uh for something like that i did do a smaller bet just because five teams have to pay off but i I thought there was some value there the only team that i was potentially a little bit worried about is the eagles just with all their injuries but they're home and they've had two um, pretty tough matchups so far. I, I think this is going to be the, the best week that they've had so far. So I think they should be good enough to beat the Lions. Okay. Yeah, pay attention to I, – I know I was – I'm sorry, everyone. I know I wasn't very active this weekend with uh, the social media. I got a ton of posts and winning tickets and winning bets that we had this weekend that I got to get to. Um, obviously with a new baby, not getting much sleep and that is first priority at the moment. So, um, I will get, you know, some things posted, um, and then we'll post some picks if we change anything. Um, but those are the picks we like. And then we're also still in last man standing slash survivor. Um, so our survivor pick slash last man standing pick is the Cowboys. Don't answer Dolphins. Um, just, you really can't pass it up when yeah. you got the Cowboys at home against a really bad team. Can't ask for a, a better really spot. Bad that. Team. Yep. You really can't, you know, and I'm sure everyone in their mom is going to be picking the Cowboys this week, but who gives a shit, you know, take the win, go on to week four and, uh, you know, keep going in your last main standing pools. Um, all right. So that does it for, uh, for this onto week three, week two was crazy. Um, Hopefully we have a better DFS week. Uh, we keep keep winning these bets. Um, we're looking good here for the for the picks. I mean, thirteen three against the spread. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? 
No, not really. Just uh, good luck in week three. Hit us up if you have any questions. I answered a, a few questions on Instagram last week, so feel free to hit me up. Um, more than happy to help you guys out. I know a lot of you guys see me in person, and you're always asking me questions. So keep the questions coming. Happy to help, and good luck in week three. Yeah, good luck in week three. We're out. Later.